right, here we go. All right, so today we're talking about prayer. Um, and I don't know if anybody else, but as you started to look at this, it was so clear to me that this is just such the tip of the iceberg. I, I feel like this whole study, we could probably spend the entire semester on one lesson. I mean, there's just so much. So um, this is kind of an attempt just to do 20 minutes of, or half an hour of just a quick tip of the iceberg. And um, I'm sorry to be missing the, the discussion afterward because I just feel like it'll be so rich to hear everybody um, was doing that. So on your handout, I had got, I mean, uh, talk about sources. It's, it is so important to know our sources and, and not even they always get it right. So, but God answers dot, got answers dot org is um, a pretty reputable Bible website online. So I had pulled up their basic uh, definition of prayer and it said, it's on your handout. It says the most basic definition of prayer is talking to God. Prayer is not meditation or passive reflection. It is direct address to God. It is the communication of the human soul with the Lord who created the soul. Prayer is the primary way for the believer in Jesus Christ to communicate his emotions or her emotions and desires with God and to fellowship with God. So prayer at its essence is a conversation between us and God. And there's so many different qualities to it. There's so many forms of what prayer can look like. Um, but each one... Good morning. Yay. Yes, yay. Over here, Mom. Is uh, so valuable um, and so worthwhile. So prayer obviously can be a cry out to God in moments of need. Uh, this is often what the world thinks of, I think, when they think of a prayer, is that cry, Lord, help me, um, at the moment of desperation. Um, and for sure, that's an aspect of prayer, and we can be assured that when we do cry out to God in our moments of need, that God does hear our prayer. It doesn't always mean that things are going to turn out the way that we think they are, but we're assured time and time again in his word that he does hear our prayer um, and that he responds. He responds to us when we call out to him in prayer. Prayer can be an outpouring of praise, recognition that our sovereign Lord is our sovereign Lord. Um, it's acknowledgement that he sits on the throne and that he is indeed good. Um, prayer can be a declaration of our loyalty to him, that we're recommitting ourselves uh, day by day to, to following Christ. Um, prayer can also be silent as we attempt to just sit in his presence and listen to what he might be saying to us. And often we'll hear, I think most of us would agree, that can be the hardest type of prayer even, is just to sit quietly and try to listen to what God is saying to us. So when in, commu in communication with our great creator, it can also, prayer can just be kind of become our life song. Um, it doesn't always have to be the kind of thing where we, it, it, it can be beautifully the place where we sit in a quiet spot and pray. But as you brought up a couple weeks ago about popcorn prayers, we can just be praying, we can be walking and doing dishes and, and praying to God and communing to God. We can be walking down the hall and um, the word that just kind of kept coming to me is that becomes your life song. It's just sort of your, your symphony that you're playing with the Lord um, all day long. So this is, prayer is where we outpour the essence of who we are, um, of where we stand in our lives, uh, and the incredible truth that can be brought out in conversation with our source of life. 
Another thing about prayer to remember, I think, is that there's no good prayer or bad prayer. You end up hearing that a lot, I think, in discussions. Oh, you're such a good prayer, or I'm not a good prayer. And there's no such thing. And God assures us of that, that there's no such thing as um, a good prayer or a bad prayer. God just hears our hearts. Uh, we don't have to say the right things. We don't have to say big words or make it sound so Christian-y. Um, we don't have to say the same words over and over again. We don't have to check the box, kind of like what we've been saying, of, of saying the same prayer over and over again. Um, because the Bible teaches us that that's not how prayer works. And I use that in quotations, works. It's a dialogue between ourselves, our hearts, our saved souls, um, and the one who saved us. So prayer is really a gift given to us by God himself so that we can be in communion with him. He wants above all for us to be in relationship with him, and it's a conduit of building that relationship with him. We did learn um, last week that prayer doesn't have to look a certain way. And in fact, if we look back at last week, we can see um, that that. God actually discourages that of trying to perform our prayer or make it very public, um, doing things for show, because instead his heart honors our hearts when we're genuine and just seeking him. So on the on your handout, too, there's the verse from last week, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So God is watching just the inner inside of our heart. So through this whole study on the Sermon on the Mount, we have learned that Jesus is concerned with our hearts. That's what he's most concerned about, not our performance or our, um, he wants us to shine our light, but he's most concerned about what's happening in our hearts. So turning our hearts, minds, and lives to what is important, what is valued by God our Father in heaven. Um, and we are continually reinforcing this through this lesson, and I think that's why this makes this this study uh, so deep and sometimes complicated is that he really is looking into the very essence of our heart and calling us to value what he values. All right, so there are three precepts I thought we could just uh, briefly look at as we kind of go through prayer to be thinking about is that first and foremost, God wants relationship with with each of us. So that is really... um, foremost in his in his opportunity to pray with him to commune with him as that's his ultimate desire with us also in prayer god is always encouraging us um, and calling us engaging us to be real with him and sometimes that can be really difficult if we've got some ugly stuff we have to be real about or if we're hurting about or um If we're angry about, sometimes it can be very difficult to be real, but God is always, always genuine with us, and he wants us to be genuine with him, and he will love us right where we are. So our God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and and that's why it's so important to look um, at at the Bible as a big God story, because the God of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, is the same God, all those characteristics that... God um, was at the very beginning um, is the same he was when Jesus walked the earth. That did not change. It's the same God with the same qualities, with the same characteristics. The same God that we serve have all the same characteristics. He is unchanging now, and he will be at the end of time as well. God is absolutely unchanging. So he is the loving God with characteristics that he invites us in prayer to get to know and to learn about him. What are those characteristics? 
And then the third precept, I thought, is to look at prayer as the language that we speak with our holy God. And God uses many, many different ways to communicate himself to us. He can use nature. He can use other people. He certainly uses his word. Um, those things we call coincidences. Those are often, 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 well, almost always the way that God is speaking to us. Um, those God moments that we've shared in our group are ways that God has speaking to us. And prayer, from our point, is our conversation with him. It's the way that we can speak to our creator. And we can speak through our worship. Um, and, but prayer is the primary way that we can express um, ourselves to the Lord. So the author of our study starts on page 34 and says, The fundamental difference between various kinds of prayer is the fundamentally different images of God that lie behind them. I really like that. And then further down, he says, Jesus not only teaches us about prayer, but also gives us a greater vision of the God we call our Father. So I love this. As we pray, we're called into a greater intimacy with God, and our unchanging God has qualities about himself that he wants us to come to know, qualities about himself that he wants to share with us. Um, so I was thinking just to kind of begin that concept, we have the name of Jesus. Does, can we think of other names that we call Jesus? Anybody have any other thoughts? Jehovah. Okay. Lord. Lord. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. You're taking all the names for God. That's what, no, <laughs> That's next. You're stealing, you're stealing the next thunder. <laughs> yeah, don't look at that. That's for oh, God. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, let's just skip the Jesus part. Oh, <laughs> Savior. Savior, Messiah. Okay. Bad Jesus, teaching. Jesus is God. Is okay. Right. Bad <laughs> teaching. No. <laughs> I'm, so I'm so tired this morning. No. You'll have no idea. No, you were ahead of my game. <laughs> that was perfect. No, I'm sorry. That was me. I need to catch up here. <laughs> so what I was thinking was like, uh, we call Jesus Emmanuel or Savior or Messiah. You know, those are the names for Jesus. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, and then I was going to give you a little Bible trivia just to do this. Maybe this was the whole point of it. But um, scholars believe that Mary probably called Jesus Yeshua. Um, which is the Hebrew name for Jesus. So I just thought that was kind of interesting to think of like Mary calling her kids in um, for dinner and she's like, Yeshua, Yeshua, and, and calling him that's in. Beautiful. So I just, I love that. So that's another name we can call it to God. So catching up with all of you brilliant minds, here's my, <laughs> I'm trying to catch up. So yes, you have a, a sheet of paper that has the names of God on there. And this is from Pastor Jeff. Um, um, and I think it's really fascinating to look at all the different names of God. And I don't even know, I haven't seen this one, so I'm not sure it's complete, you know, full. But the Bible gives us many, many names um, for God. And each of these names that are true names of our living God reflect some aspect of the character of God. So some are sovereign, protector, provider. And you can see on your list that it goes on and on and on. And these are all found in the Bible as names, proper names for our God. And as we look at these, we can even begin to address our God by some of these names. Um, some of them may be unfamiliar to us. I mean, it may feel weird to cry out to Elohim, but um, each name of God is a certain characteristic of him. 
Um, and his goal is for us to know him and, and for us to be known by him. So there's lots of books and studies on the names of God and, and how powerful that can be. But here's a, a list that, that we can use. Um, and I just wanted to kind of encourage us to maybe pick one this week. Just pick, pick one name. Um, use it in prayer. C- call God by that name. And then ask him to show us that characteristic of himself. Um, I, I got goosebumps saying it because I just can't wait to see what he does. But these are this is who our God is. This is who he is, and he would love to reveal that to each of us. Um, just kind of on a side note, and, and so you know in yourself too, but there were some of these names when I first uh, learned about all the different names of God, and I still am learning so many many years ago that were difficult for, for me just with my past to know, to be able to understand that God was that essence. Um, I remember the biggest one for me was God as defender that I just, I could not get my head around how God was my defender because in my life I had really felt defenseless and I had not felt that my parents or, or others in my life or even God had stepped in to defend me. Um, so I began to pray the name of God as a defender and ask him really as a, as a step of faith. I didn't, I didn't get it. It was um, a step of faith to have to say, okay, God, you say you're defender. I don't get that. Like that does not resonate with me. I don't understand that. But please reveal yourself to me as defender because that's who you are, even though my experience is screaming in my head something different. And he answers that. Um, and so I do know now God is my defender. Um, so if there are anything, any names on there um, of God that just seem to hit you in a spot, you're like, I don't understand how God is my protector or my father or whatever it is, um, he would love to reveal that to you and, and to all of us. So just something to look at. Okay, so let's turn to the portion of scripture that we're looking at, Matthew 6. Um, and we're going to see what is called the Lord's Prayer. So, what did you say? I should have gotten a bookmark. <laughs> Unfortunately, the store is going out of business. So, I know. Yeah. Family Christian is going out of business. So I know. It's I a know, shame. What's the other, another store close by? Do we have a Mardell? No. Oh. I think the closest one might be in Wheaton. That's what I was going to really, say, too. But I'm not sure if even that one's still where it used to be. Yeah. So. Are they? But they're all going out, though, aren't they? Yeah. Shame. Well, we have now, go now. Yeah, right now it's forty percent off. Oh, but it's already picked it's, up. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Let's everybody gets. All right, so Matthew six, um, and so we're going to look at this and verse nine through. Let's go through fifteen. Would anyone like to read that? Marlon, will you read yes. that? Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Okay, strong, strong words. So then let's put a a finger there or a bookmark or something, um, and then let's turn to Luke 11. So we're in Matthew, and then it's Mark, Luke. So two books down, Luke 11. And we're going to go to chapter um, 2, I mean, chapter 11, verse 2 through 4. Would anyone like to read that? He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Okay, so it's um, good to see how the two Bible, uh, the two Gospels speak of the Lord's Prayer, that those are both there. And as we look at these two passages, we can go back to Matthew now if you'd like, um, that are taught by Jesus and we call the Lord's Prayer. One is, says that it's an actual prayer. So like the Luke version says, pray this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like an actual prayer. And then if you look at the Matthew pattern, he says, pray like this. So it's also a pattern for prayer. So the Lord's Prayer is something we can certainly say and offer as a prayer, but it's also a model for us to pray. And that's what we're going to look at um, this morning, is either way, either a template or for our prayers or an actual prayer, Jesus is calling us to a greater vision of God himself. All right, so there are three parts of the Lord's Prayer, just three simple parts. One is the preface, then the petitions, and then the conclusions. Um, and again, what, what Jesus was reinforcing, I learned um, in my studies, is that our prayers don't have to be elaborate um, or ornate. Those are just very simple. That's a very simple format. We just speak from the heart. Um, and so the preface, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So this is the preface of the Lord's Prayer. This is the beginning. Um, And in this part, we're identifying who we're praying to, and we're revering him. Our God, our Father, who sits in heaven, who art in heaven, up there, hallowed be thy name. He is to be revered, feared, our awe-inspired God. And to me, this brings the image of God on his throne, God sitting up on his throne. And he has invited us to come forward and converse with him and be in communion with him, even though he's on the throne and we're just his little tiny children. He loves us, and we are approaching the throne of grace when we're praying. And then uh, the Lord's Prayer moves to the petitions, the the asks. I thought this was interesting. There are six of them, and the first three of the petitions relate more immediately to God and his honor. And then the last three are more related to our own concerns, our temporal concerns and our spiritual concerns. Um, And if you think back, I I thought this was interesting. One commentary pointed out the similarity of that form to the the, uh, Ten Commandments that we just 
discussed a couple weeks ago about the format. With the Ten Commandments, the first four taught us about our duty towards God. It's about our relationship with God. And then the last six was our duty toward our neighbor and how we're to live. So it's kind of that same model. Um, And in both instances, the Ten Commandments and the Lord's Prayer, what God is always putting first is to seek him, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. He, we put him first, his glory first, our relationship with him first. That's what continually is modeled throughout scripture. So we are to seek his will, seek his perspective, and seek his righteousness always first. And then we move on over to our own petitions as we see them. So then the next part, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, Another thing that I learned um, in the commentaries is that the Pharisees, the people of the law, the leaders of the law, made their own name the chief end of their prayer. So they, again, were putting uh, all for show. They were making, what a great prayer that Pharisee is, or um, what an amazing relationship they must have with God to be able to pray like that. They wanted to be seen by men. And here, Jesus is recentering them again on the goal of prayer is to make the glory of God the entire heart of our prayer. So he's continuing to remind us that the glory of God is to be first, not the glory of ourselves. Or And it goes back to that good prayer, bad prayer. There's no such thing. It's all about glorifying God. He is encouraging that everything we ask for be centered and wrapped around glorifying him. So the next part, give us this day our daily bread. Um, and the word I would like to just focus on in this, in this segment is the dailiness of living a life in dependence on Christ. Um, and the image that uh, I've been reading Exodus with my sons, um, and it, the dailiness of the dependence of the Israelites on God is so clear in that. Um, and I think... So the the Israelites have been set free from slavery. God has led them out um, across the Red Sea by the leadership of Moses. And they're in their desert and they're wandering around and they cry out to God in prayer. They're very complaining group of people, which I'm sure I would be too, but (laughs) yes, we are. are. Exactly. So they cry out to God and they're saying, Lord, why didn't you leave us in slavery? This, you know, would have been better than this. We need some food, the steaks. And, and God says, okay, I hear your, I hear your cry. I hear your prayer. So he sends quail to them every evening, just in the evening, there's enough quail for them to make food. And then in the morning he sends manna. Um, and I love thinking about what manna, I want to know what manna tastes like when I get to heaven. I I want to try this, but it's like honey wafers that were just laying like dew on the ground. I mean, it's crazy to get our heads around it. But the Bible says that God commanded them to only take enough manna for the day. Um, There was plenty to take from, and you could, there was plenty left over, but he said, just take enough for the day. So being Israelites, being the human people that they are, just like any of us, there were some that decided, no, I'm going to take a, you know, a ton. I'm just going to hoard this stuff. And like, what if it doesn't come back tomorrow? Well, when they woke up in the morning, it had all rotted. Um, so what God um, is trying to teach in that is just depend on him one day at a time. Just one day at a time. But here's the amazing thing. Like, I, that, that's such a complex thing, but... 
then on Saturday, because or Friday night, because he wanted them to rest on Saturday, the day of Sabbath, he the manna would last longer. So he would give them enough, and it didn't decay the next day. So it was God is in control of that daily supply of what we need. So give us this day our daily bread. It's that dailiness of walking and reliance on Christ. Each and every day, uh, we start anew, and we need to call out um, to Christ to, to help us to live a life of dependency on him. It's not some place we just arrive. It's, it's something we have to continually do. So then the next part, um, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, debts meaning sins, trespasses, those who um, sin against us, forgive our sins um, in the, in, and help us to forgive others the way you forgive us. But one thing I had never noticed before and learned in some of the research was if you have to take that daily bread part of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us the, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our sinner, our debtors. I'm sorry. So what that is really saying and what is implied with that is that dailiness carries through to the next phrase as well. So really what is implied here is give us this day our daily bread and forgive us this day our debts and we will forgive those who trespass against us this day. So it's again that daily reliance on Christ, that daily calling out to live a life um, of dependence on him. And then asking to help us forgive others each and every day and going before the Lord each and every day and admitting our sins and repenting from them each and every day. So then um, I'm going to just jump ahead uh, out of the Lord's Prayer and at that very last verse that Marlene read on uh, 14 and 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Mm -hmm. So Jesus goes back to that whole idea of we have received forgiveness from him, and we are to present that in our lives to others as well, each and every day. Um, If we are able to forgive others, it is evidence of the grace that we ourselves have received from, from God himself. Um, and again, this is a work in progress, I would guess, for every single one of us. Um, we can wake up today and say, I'm going to forgive, and then something happens, and it's very hard. Again, we have to start back over. Um, so it's, it's a process. And that was kind of what um, I was thinking is, is early in my Christian journey, I really thought I would arrive somewhere. I thought, like, like looking at, at wise women who had been in the Word forever and ever, I thought, oh, they've arrived. They've, they've gotten somewhere. And um, through, through learning from wise women um, and, being, and being taught and then seeing myself humbled in my own life many, many times, it's a journey. It's never an arrival spot. It's something that the only time we get to arrive is when we get to heaven. So it's the dailiness of Christ that we need that, that dependence on. All right, so then um, God goes, Jesus goes on, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And this is a cry to help us stay on the path of righteousness. And I, I think the easiest way um, 
for me to think about this is what we pray for our children or our grandchildren. Keep them on the right path. Keep them on the right path. And this particular part of this prayer is as a prayer of humility and saying, I am a child. I know I can go astray. Please keep me on your path. Lead me on the path of righteousness. So then we get to the third part um, of this simple prayer, and it says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And this, of course, is a form of praise and thanksgiving. And praise is always just a beautiful way to put God on his throne in our lives. It's, it's the fastest way to give God glory. And I thought I would read this um, from Matthew Henry, who is a, a commentator that does a lot of, um, that just has been profound in, in teaching. But he says, we praise God and give him glory, not because he needs it. He is praised by a world of angels, but because he deserves it. And it is our duty to give him glory in compliance with his design and revealing himself to us. Praise is the work and happiness of heaven. And all that would go to heaven hereafter must begin their heaven right now. So whether we pray this exact prayer um, of the Lord's Prayer or we use it as a model, God is delighting in conversation with us. He loves it when we seek him. And it's important, I think, to realize that God is never, ever, ever going to deny us if we are seeking him. Um, Whether we want more depth in our prayer life, whether we want more depth um, in our relationship with him, whatever it is, if we are truly seeking him, he's going to, that's not something he will ever deny us. Um, And I should have put it on your page, but Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. That's a promise. So if you are looking for the Lord with your whole heart, you will, we will find him. He will never deny us. Jeremiah 29, 13. Old Testament. Yes, thank you. Old Testament. And that's a promise for us. All right, so I should have prayed before we started. So let's pray here at the <laughs> end. I'm sorry, I forgot to pray. Jesus, we thank you um, for giving us a model and a prayer that we can use to, to grow closer to you, Lord. We thank you and are so humbled by the fact that your greatest desire is for relationship with us, Lord Jesus. So I pray that um, you teach each one of us dependency on you each and every day. Um, encourage us, remind us of this promise, Lord, that if we seek you, we will find you, Lord Jesus. And that that is um, just an amazing promise that you give us and that you will fulfill. I pray that each of us will walk closer to you, that each of us will um, be built up in um, your prayer, your conversation with us, Lord Jesus, and that we will give you glory in all that we say, do, and pray, Lord Jesus. I praise you for this time in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.